Are you thankful for that? Amen. And someone said earlier, well, Easter 2019 is gone. We know the day, specific day that it is celebrated, that it will end. But here's what we know. Easter lives every single day. Amen. The resurrection power. We uh, are grateful because you saw in that uh, video what it took for you and I to be able to be redeemed. I want to talk to you on a little differently uh, tonight before we get into communion for a few moments. How many of you were in the first service this morning? May I see your hand? <clears throat> I don't know how you remember that you were here. It was dark. <laughs> but anyway, as uh, those of you who were not here, the lights went out. And we made it anyway, and I've gotten texts and emails from people who said, greatest service we ever had. When the lights came on, one guy over here said, turn them out again, turn them out again. <laughs> so stay with me for a few moments. Psalms uh, 8, 3 through 6 says, we cannot, when I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands and you put everything, talking about you, under his feet. Just for a few moments, God created us, all of us, as body persons. We have a body. I've never taken time to discuss the fact, well, why didn't God create us spirit beings without a body? That we have a form, but we are spirit beings. But he chose to make us human bodies. And there is a reason for that. Our body was created to house the presence of God on earth and to restore his dominion over this planet. And the scripture says that you and I were made just a little lower than the heavenly beings. And in Genesis 2 verse 7, it says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and the man, get this now, became a living being. A living being. And what that means was in God's creation, when he breathed life, in the creation known to man, here was the situation. The body became the urn of the house and presence of God. When he chose individuals, we understand that when a person chooses not to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, after the fall of man, Adam and Eve, then the body which houses the soul is not fulfilling God's divine purpose. So when he created man, he created man and breathed life to his nostrils, and we became the urn, we became the receptacle with which God's presence and God's glory resides. And when a man or a woman, whomever, does not honor God, serve God, receive God, accept Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, we are not doing what we were created to do. 
You'll notice that when human beings are without the presence of God in their lives, they are cheating God and being used by the power of darkness. And therefore, we see the chaos that we see on the planet today. The chaos of families that are in trouble, culture that is filled with sin, and no regard to the presence of God whatsoever. When men fail to be spiritual leaders, the family is bound to follow the wrong path. And when God breathed into the nostrils of men, he breathed life. He breathed his presence in that body. But when sin came, what did it do? You are right. It brought death. And when death came, it was signaled in Genesis, the third chapter, verse number seven. It says, then the eyes of both of them, Adam and Eve, were open, and they knew, they knew now that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. At that moment in time, they knew the clutch of disobedience and the power of sin. And in that moment, rebellion reigned in the garden of tranquility and peace. Rebellion was born. Disobedience stripped Adam and Eve of the glory of God. And the fruit of that disobedience is displayed in the offsprings of Adam and Eve. And within seven generations, the world was so wicked that God felt it necessary to destroy the earth as anyone in that day knew it, but he's willing to show his grace, mercy, and hope. Why? Because of all creation considered human had been destroyed, there would be no human body left to be the receptacle of God's presence in God's glory. So he says, Noah. Noah, being a righteous man, was worthy, for he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Though God could have easily destroyed the entire population, he was still willing to offer that grace hoping to fulfill the purpose of his original creation, and that was with the fellowship and relationship with man. God desires to fellowship with you. He desires to walk with you. He desires to continue to bless you. He desires to give you hope. He desires to fulfill your dreams. But it only happens in that life-giving relationship that you have with him. He says when sin resides in your heart, the Spirit of God cannot reside in the same vessel. So it says you're either serving the God of light or you're serving the God of darkness and death. And as a result, we know that that sin that happened created a relationship that God had displeasure in and we understand as a result of that disobedience, moving forward after Noah, that the children of Israel find themselves in Egypt under severe bondage. Why? Because the spirit of darkness ruled. Because they still chose not to be the urn of the presence of God and the glory of God. They still chose to do their own will and their own way. They still chose to be disobedient to the Word of God and the commandments of God and chose to live their own life. 
And when that happened, they're in bondage to Egypt. And when a person is not following Jesus Christ, put it this way, when you know to do good and you do it not, when you know what God wants and you do it not, that is rebellion and disobedience. And how can the heavenly presence of a pure, holy God reside in a person in rebellion? It is impossible. But the enemy will blind us to our own spiritual conditions. Well, they were delivered out of Egypt's bondage. God still had a desire to give them deliverance. Why? Why should he deliver them? Because God still wanted a people to be able to fill his glory and his presence in. And the human body was created as the urn of God's spirit and the glory of God. But during this time of wrestling with sin and disobedience, the Israelites created this. And it shows to, goes to show you that the human body and the human nature still wants to react to some God. You know, Moses resided. He left. And we understand that. And while he was gone, we find they said, we need to worship something. And so it is. Here's what happened. The people there of Israel, of course, out of Egypt now, what did they make? They made what is considered to be the Ten Commandments came. It is the Ark of the Covenant. And to them, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. What was the problem? God said, I never intended for the Ark of the Covenant to house my presence. It was my intention for you to house my presence. And not a box carrying some stone tablets. And they didn't understand that. They continued to be disobedient, which means every preacher can preach and preach and preach and preach. But unless a heart determines to understand, I'm here to tell you, just because you hear the preacher doesn't mean you're going to be better off until you choose to listen and to do what God says. So what did they do? They rebelled again. They took on the Philistines. You know the story. Track with me for a moment. And you know what the Philistines did? The Philistines said the only way that Israel has any power, I mean the Philistines knew what the Israelites did not understand. If we get our hands on that Ark of the Covenant, we rule. And you know what they did? They fought and the thing that they valued most to take was the Ark of the Covenant. And you know what happened? When the old priest heard that the Philistines had the Ark of the Covenant, the Bible said all the old priests died of shock. Why? Because the priests knew the only thing that we had to hold on to is the Ark of the Covenant, which we considered housed the presence of God. Now it's gone. We have nothing. Nothing. The Spirit of God dwell with them, but not in them. You can be as lost as Moody's Goose. And God's presence will be with you no matter where you go. But he will not reside in you. And the difference in making it and the difference in bringing pleasure to God is when you open that divine creation of your heart 
and say, come in, Lord Jesus. We find, considered to be the old law, the Lord's Supper, celebrating even out of the Old Testament, Jesus, until his death and resurrection, celebrated the Lord's Supper. You know what they celebrated? Deliverance from evil, the blood covenant that over their doorpost, the death angel came by. And if you were an Israelite and you had the blood covering the door, it was symbolic. The death angel will not hit you, but that was not enough to deliver you from death. And so they celebrated. Jesus brought his disciples in and celebrated the covenant of the relationship called the Last Supper. John 1 verse 4 says, In him, the one that hung on the cross, was life. And that life was the light of men. And Paul writes in Colossians 2 verse 9, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity, get this, lives in bodily form. Meaning that Jesus coming from heaven down to earth, the deity of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in bodily form, what did God want most? I want my presence to dwell in the creation of the soul in the body of my highest creation and it's man the birth of jesus there was the potential of god's presence the birth of jesus is no longer that no wonder that the angels praised and the shepherds praised it meant that with the birth of Jesus, there is the potential once again that God's holy presence and glory could once again reside in the human body and not just be present, but infiltrate us and live in us. The struggle that Jesus experienced here on earth for 33 years. And at the end, created and indicated the final showdown of confrontation between good and evil. It was the battle, the difference between being present and being inside, guiding us and redeeming us. It was like the battle of giving new birth. Jesus said, this hurts. Father, let this cup pass from me, not as my will, but as you will. And Paul said he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus is saying, I'm about to give birth to a new life. I'm about to give birth to the ability for once again the original creation to bring a habitat inside the soul of mankind. It was uncomfortable, it was difficult, but it took death. It took death in order to bring life. And Jesus said, I'm willing. The Passover celebration was celebrated by Jesus with the disciples, which had been the tradition and the history for thousands of years. 
but with Jesus' death and resurrection. It paved the way for the Spirit of God to dwell in us and God's glory to be in us. So with communion tonight, it expresses the promise of an eternal future. Taking communion tells us and reminds us that death has been dealt with. He's not on the cross. And he is not in the tomb. He has risen from the dead. And is at the right hand of the heavenly Father making intercession for you. It reminds us of the overcoming power of Jesus Christ. And it reminds us of the privilege of being able to call him Lord. It reminds us also of the duty and responsibility of celebrating his death through the breaking of the bread and the shedding of the blood and drinking of the cup. But it's not like Old Testament. He said, behold, I bring you a new covenant. Not as the Old Testament practiced, but with the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, there was creative life in which Paul said, when you receive him as Lord and Savior, 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives within you? In you is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. In you is the creative power of all that God ever did. In you, as a creative vessel from God, is the presence of God that gives you hope in the middle of hopelessness. And that is why the Scripture says, examine yourselves. And be certain that you are worthy of the calling and the presence of God in your life. And that is why that he says, if you need forgiveness and you need faith renewal, if you call on him, he will renew you, redeem you, and set you in right relationship with him again. Friend, we are created in all different sizes and shapes, but in you is the presence of a risen Savior. Amen? The presence of a risen Savior. Father, now as we move into, we move into your blessing for your honor and your glory. Minister and meet every single need. We're going to ask the men to go ahead and come forward now as we prepare to serve communion together.
I uh, studied for that devotional, I, uh, I never quite realized that after the fall of Adam and Eve, the presence of God was no longer housed in a human vessel. And all through the Old Testament, they kept reaching and kept going for His presence, but disobedience always ran God's presence away. Sin always chases righteousness away. And if you notice, you won't find much grace in the Old Testament. You just don't. You sin, you get chopped. How do you know that? Because an eye for an eye and a tooth what? For a tooth, that's the way it is. But when the New Testament came, he, representing the deity in human form, came down. What was it that would not allow God's presence to be in us? It was an impure vessel, unrighteous, filled with sin. But when Jesus came, he gave us the privilege to once again, through him, say, Lord Jesus, take death Take sin, take rebellion, take it out of me and fill me with your presence. And we don't get it right every time. Even though we know if we receive Christ, his presence is in us. But what we have in the New Testament that we didn't have in the Old Testament is this. It's called grace he that's without sin he says to those old individuals who wanted to stone the lady who was dead to rights caught but he said hey the rest of y'all if y'all have been without sin go ahead and pick your stone up turn loose on her they walked away you know what he says to us when you come to the table of communion, you get to examine yourself and say, God, how many times have I blown it? How many times have I messed up? How many times have I been disobedient? And he said, examine yourself and ask God to forgive you. And he'll forgive you every time. And the minute that you ask him to forgive you, guess what? You are clean from the inside out. So, Father, we do examine ourselves right here, right now at the table. We pray that any misappropriation of affection that does not seek your face as a priority, we ask for forgiveness. We ask for forgiveness, God, of the times we've been disobedient, and we knew it. We ask you for forgiveness, God, of challenges in our life that we have accepted as a norm.
but we know that it's not pleasing to you. Get rid of that stuff out of us today and purify us. Cleanse us in your presence. In Jesus' name. The Bible said he took the bread and gave it to them and said, Take eat. This is my body, shall we? Mm. He took the cup. Remember? He said, This represents a new covenant. Hallelujah. A new covenant, not by the blood of an animal but the blood of a redeemed Savior. His blood still has power. Hallelujah. Let's take the cup together, shall we? Praise Jesus. Would you stand together on your feet and let's just give God a wonderful clap offering together. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. We, uh, we've had a good day here at Victory Church, don't you think? First service was a memorable day. Had someone in the second service ask me, are you going to turn the lights off in the second service like you turned them off in the first service? And then we always have the smart Alex. What'd y'all do, forget to pay the electric bill? Nope. If you'd have been here Tuesday night, you could have seen. We can pay the electric bill because of your faithfulness. God's been good. Listen, friend, the rest of this year is going to be a year of great miracles. It's going to be a year of dynamic favor. It's going to be a year that we're going to see things we haven't seen in a long time. And the Holy Spirit, last Wednesday night, I'm here to tell you I haven't seen it in a long time. We took 30 minutes to pray, and people began to pray, and you began to hear the praise of the worship when the Spirit of God swept in this place by the grace of God. It happens, and when that happens, I'm here to tell you God's up to something wonderful. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, I pray favor and peace and goodness and mercy over this entire congregation, on those listening online. Do something very special in every life, and we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And everybody said, amen. The worship team's going to keep worshiping here for a moment, but you're welcome to fellowship and leave. God bless you. Here we go. Let's worship on this song.